You came from, a, you know, not the richest background and, you know, doing a, going to the beach and, and just trying to, trying to make, help your mum out with money and stuff. I was so fascinated to hear that you went and tried to park cars just so you could go and help your mum out with food and stuff like that. Like so many Brazilians have that story. Can you just give us a bit more of a background on, on what your childhood was like? Yeah, in the beginning was, I was just trying to help my, my mom, you know, to get like uh, extra money and just to have food uh, at home. And uh, in that time, I, I kind of, uh, I felt like she was going to be happier, you know, with uh, extra money. That's why I was doing that, just to help her. I had a lot of friends that was doing it, you know, in the in the past. So I kind of went with them. And it's crazy how life is, to, you know, because today I see, like, most of my friends, um, some they are working, some they are in jail, and I'm pretty much the one that uh, had the a success life, you know, so I'm very lucky to, to be who I am today and how I, because how I started everything, you know, and yeah, I could go with them, but just thank God for this opportunity and to make my, my surfing made my, my life different. Yeah. And how, like, how old were you when you were parking cars? I was, uh, like, Six, six wow. years old. Yeah, I was too young. It's something that I, I felt like I needed to do, you know, like I need to, to work, you know, like I need to, to do something to help, help help us. You think of kids that are six years old and they're just so protected by their parents. They're so, uh, I guess, you're not allowed to do anything. You're not even allowed to go out and check the mailbox and here you are looking after other people's cars. Like... I find that fascinating. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm very happy and lucky to to tell my what I've been through, you know, today because this last this last couple of years I, I I was not thinking about anything about that, but today with more age and and with life, you know, what I've been through, I've been learning a lot. I did a lot of mistakes. Uh, Sometimes I think sometimes we judge people like with like not knowing them, you know, there is like something there, you know, like why? Why he's doing that? You know, like you need to know the people. Mm -hmm. How old were you when you first got to ride a surfboard for the first time and you said no to soccer? <laughs> yeah, I used to play soccer and then my mom, my mom met my, so my mom used to work for my stepdad for a couple of years. And then he had another, he had like a, a girlfriend in the past. So, and he broke up. And then um, after two years, him and my mom started like hooking up and uh, finally like got engaged uh, after maybe a year or I don't know, or two. I was I was a grown I can't remember, um, but after meeting my dad, um, so my stepdad gave me my first board uh, because he, he he used to surf, um, and he had this surf shop so he gave me my first board, and I remember my first we used to do that in the past like uh, it it was like a old board. And then he had a friend, he was a shaper, and he kind of gave this old board to remake a new one, you know, like mm -hmm. we used to do that in the past. Today, no one does. But uh, yeah, that's how I, I won my, my first board. And Classic. actually, who, who teached me uh, surfing was my best friend because I used to, to play soccer and my best friend, one day came up and asked me if I wanted to go to the beach. And then I went with him. And after that, I was, I was like every day going to the beach, playing with my friends, surfing. It was just for fun, you know. And I used to share my board with my best friend because it was his board because I didn't have one. 
And then after my stepdad gave me one, uh, we start we start sharing my board, and yeah, it was really cool. Does he still surf today? Yeah, he still surf today, and he works in my institute oh, with okay. the kids. Yeah. And how is the institute going? Um, you know, I, I think for people that don't know, you you set up the Gabe Medina Institute where you got kids sort of similar to yourself growing up, you know, with not all the money in the world. So they can come in, they can learn to be a champion, learn about health and fitness and, um, and just learn about surfing. Is there any kids in there that you're just like, this kid's the one, you know, is there any new Gabe Medinas coming through? Yeah, it's amazing to have the institute, you know. Uh, I'm lucky to, to have this kind of place to help the, the next generation. And uh, it's been going good. It's our for, uh, It's been four years already, and uh, we have 33 kids, um, and they have uh, like a athlete uh, days, you know, like routine, you know, like they eat good, they they are learning uh, English, they train. They um, they travel around to to do the competitions inside Brazil, and some outside, and we pay for it. There there's some kids. There's there's one guy. Uh, he's really young. He's like eleven. I think he'll be pretty good. But the main thing, they will be like good humans. You know, like they're amazing, and it's good to share with them what I've been living and. And I have a, a big team there that helps a lot, you know, all the teachers and stuff. So they're good hands. I, I'm doing my best and I'm like to have this, this place. So yeah, I'll send my kid over there one day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> you show up and he's out parking cars. Yeah, I'll be parking cars and <laughs> so the kid can go to the institute. Yeah. <laughs> Medina's way. Yeah, <laughs> gotta learn. Gabe, what I want to talk about is you're releasing this film, and you've been a real pioneer in how you've made your career and what you've done. However, you're releasing a feature film, a documentary piece, but you would be the. I was kind of, I was talking to Mick about this offline. Of the top 500 surfers in the world of the past 10 years, you would be the only surfer to never release a surf edit, and yeah. that just perplexes everyone. So, can you tell us about that? <laughs> true it's something that I, I i like i wanted to do from a long time ago but i i kind of never had time really because for real like for the last 10 year 10 years of my life i've been focused on competition you know i've been doing everything that i could to win titles win hits and uh to do like a video part of free surfs uh, you need like timing, you know, like, and I, I think about like the worst, you can get hurt, you know, and can, you can be out of event or two or three, you know, and, um, it's not the, the main thing, you know, that I'm focused on doing like a video parts, but I, it's something that I, I want to do someday. And I think it's pretty soon, maybe next year or uh, or, I don't know, or so. So, I wanna, I wanna do a good one. Go, go to some good places and do crazy shit. <laughs> yeah, nice. If if people want to watch a, a crazy, crazy video clip, go to the WSL Best Waves. It is absolutely nuts of games. It's like it's the best video part I've seen. So <laughs> you don't even need to make it. You just do it in competition anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about yeah, that because true. when we've been discussing this, Mick and myself, about how we're going to frame up this interview, we've been saying, how do you leave your best performances to a contest? So how do you say your final against Kelly in 2014 at Chopu and then 2018, that wave you got at backdoor with a, a perfect 10? We were just, I'm perplexed at how you can have that muscle memory in really big surf or to create that comfort when it looks like you've never ridden waves like that before until you've done it in a jersey do you ride waves of that size or is the biggest wave you've caught been in a jersey 
Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, no, I, I never had uh, that experience before. That was maybe the biggest waves I ever surfed at Tropu, you know, and that, like, that, like, that thick and scary, you know. And it, it's crazy because that was my first time. And I don't know, but growing up, like, com competing, like, uh, small waves, big waves, um, if I always felt like I was in the right spot every time, you know, like, seems like I, 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 I've seen this before, you know, these kind of things. And in that day, I was, I was in shock because the waves were huge. And I remember waking up in that day, I was with my friend in Jetski. I was watching the waves uh, from the channel and, and we were at the quarter final. I was, I was, I was like, I can, I cannot do this. This is too big for me. I was like, <laughs> no, I can't. And my friend was like, no, it's fine. You're gonna, you're gonna rip. No, don't worry. You're good. I was like, it's big, man. It's, it's scary. I'm not, I, I can't do, I cannot, you know. And I don't know. That's how everything went, you know. Like I felt good in the water. Um, I think just. I don't know, that situation motivated me, you know, because it was scary and challenge. And I love these kind of situations. And I, f I felt good. <laughs> I remember, um, I think it was your first year on tour and we're staying in the same house in Hawaii at the Rip Curl house there. And um, I think I'd lost and left early and we were, we were chatting and you sent me an email and you're like, the waves are going to be absolutely huge out pipe. What do I do? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I remember just writing back to you. I was like, whatever you do, just keep in rhythm. Just keep in rhythm. And, um, you know, I think you were 18, 17 or 18 at that stage. And it was big second reef pipe. And you ended up um, making the quarters, I think. You know, first year at Pipeline. Yeah. Like, that's unheard of. Um, so, for me... It was never a question of, oh, he's not good in big waves or he's not um, ready for this. Like people would think that you'd been surfing Chopu for, I don't know, for the last 10 years, the way that you, you read that day. It was, it was truly incredible. And to beat someone like Kelly out there who was just on fire, like people would have, you know, when, when it was Kelly versus John, they're like, oh, that's the guy who's going to win. And you just went, no, nah, that's not happening. I'm winning <laughs> and you were flawless. Yeah. It was incredible to watch. So, Yeah, that was a sick final. Um, yeah, especially with Kelly. He's, he's the best out there, I think. And uh, everything was new for me, you know, that day. And oh, I just, I was just praying, you know, like, please God, just bless me with good waves. Just give me opportunities. Uh, I like this this situation, but I'm scared, you know, uh, and everything worked out. And yeah, work, and like, I remember that day too, that uh, I asked you about uh, what I'm gonna do, you know, it's the way it's gonna be big at Pipe, and it was my first time. And you you were, you were uh, the one that I, I, I was watching every time. I watched your last title as well, I was on the beach. And the waves are big too. And how you you deal, you know, with this kind of situation? You you like you keep calm and you're very cold and fox. And that's how I I pretended not to be, you know. Like I, I was trying to be Mick, you know, like in this kind of situation. Really, <laughs> don't don't and, try too hard, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've surpassed me. <laughs> I was trying. I mean, I grew up watching you, so I was like, I need to do that. If I want to win, that's how I'm gonna do that. And yeah, yeah and like in in terms of the feedback, though, you you email McFanning for an instruction on how to surf pipe, and you you're gonna think he's gonna give you these landmarks of what to do, what waves are set to catch. He says, stay in rhythm. You're like, what can I do with this? Stay in rhythm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay in rhythm. Yeah, nice you know what you're doing. Yeah. I was like, no. Oh. Yeah, like I was, I was, I was really um, 
I was thinking about too much, you know, about the 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 ocean and the waves, and I was like, yeah, sticking the ribbon. I was like, yeah, God, just give me waves, and I don't want to die. Just let me surf. <laughs> that was a thing. Like I, I had the same thing too. Like going to places and and surfing big waves. Like in the morning, um, you'd be you'd be so terrified. Like as you said before, and you'd be like. Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't know if I'm ready for this. For me, I would go through a routine just to get my body ready, my my mind ready. Did you have a similar routine that you go through in big waves or it's just like you just do the same thing and you're like, yeah, I've got this? Some situations I prefer to surf in the morning just to feel the ocean. And I don't know, I feel good after this pre-surf. But I like... I've been, um, I had some situation, like the same situation, but I did the, the opposite, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't surfing in the morning because I felt really good. My boards were, was like good and I was feeling good. So I was like, no, I'm going to go to the heat and I feel a hundred percent and depends. Some places, uh, like Chop, Chopu is a place that I, I go without surfing, you know, because it's a wave that I love. When I find a, a good board, I just go, I just go, you know, I don't need to surf before. But like pipe, it's a wave that uh, um, I need to surf before my heat. I don't feel good, not like with, with no, no surf in the morning, you know. Yeah, some, some would argue that you are the, the best competitive pipe surfer to this day now. Um, you know, I think over the last... Well, since 2014, you've pretty much made the final every event. Um, you know, someone, say if you went back 15 years and said a, a kid from Brazil is going to be the gnarliest guy out pipe in the pipe masters, people would have just been like, are you kidding? Like, you, you're not, you're telling stories. And, and now you've brought it into, into light. And guys like Idolo have followed you and... Um, yeah, is it was that you know guys like Kelly would focus on pipeline. Is pipeline a big focus for you, or is it just something that it's part of the tour and you've just got to adapt? Um, yeah, pipe. I mean, pipe is really scary. You know, like it's a wave that uh, maybe is the most dangerous on tour. I think, um, and it's always challenge. You know, like it's a place that uh, I, I feel like I, I, I surf good. I get in the rhythm, you know, like every, every contest, but it's always a uh, challenge. Like um, you never know what's going to happen, you know, like um, it's hard to explain. But uh, as you said, you know, I've been making finals for the last couple of years. And maybe because of that, like it's a really hard wave to surf and challenge maybe i get like extra focus because i know if i do something wrong it can be like bad you know like can, can go wrong and uh and 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 it's the last event it's the last event of the year too you know like and i've been fighting for the title for this maybe the last six years of my career and Maybe like I put like extra focus. That's why I, I've been getting good results there. And on that and what Mick was saying about you being so dominant out there, it had been almost two decades since a goofy footed one in Rob Machado. And so then you went and broke that winning streak of all these regular footers. And I think that is extraordinary in itself because the pipe masters become such a focus on backdoor. Yeah, uh, yeah. Being a goofy is is really hard to to be on the tour. You know, you you have to practice your backhand. That's for sure. Um, it's and when I got in on tour, um, I used to love lefts. You know, like just going lefts every time. But as I was leaving this, like my routine, like surfing rides, always rides. Uh, I started learning, you know, like I, my dad used to, to travel with me to go like to, I don't know, Indonesia, you know, to get lefts. And then we started doing it all opposite. 
oh, let's go where the, the rides are, you know, like I went to California, Santa Barbara to, to train, you know, just just on my backhand. Um, go Coast, I used to, to go a lot, like um, maybe almost like a, two weeks before the contest, you know, just to keep practicing and um, yeah, you have to, to be good on the backhand. Uh, and to win a title, you have to be a special one. Like, well, you, yeah, you know. broke the stranglehold at pipe with the, for the goofy footers. You did the same at snapper. I think prior to you was Mick Lowe was the last goofy footer to mm -hmm. win. And yeah, that's mm -hmm. consistency. He's got you those titles. And J-Bay as well. Uh, you're the first <laughs> goofy footer since Oki back in 86, I think it was, to win that. Yeah, that's crazy. You yeah. Know, that, that, that's I mean... Yeah, it's hard to explain. Like, uh, I, I'm sure, like, I did everything that I could to practice my backhand, and I, I still doing, you know, to to get better, always learning. Um, and I, I feel feel good to to break this, you know, like these kind of things. Um, yeah, I feel blessed. <laughs> Might have been the room you're staying in at J Bay too. Hey. <laughs> that's it that's it I forgot about that maybe it was the room That that's mixed room so I, I, I was staying in the mixed room and you retired at Nick or you just gave it up for him oh well I don't go anymore so it's all his we've got to keep the trophy in that room yes we shouldn't okay. have said anything everyone would be trying to steal that room but uh... <laughs> let's keep it secret <laughs> and so I have a question for you now Mick uh, we were talking offline before Gabe came on and you were saying uh, his paddle strength is better than anyone on tour. However, I want to talk about what you think Gabe's superpower is. Um, I think Gabe's superpower is the ability to focus and turn it on when it really matters. Um, you know, we, I remember in 2017, we're at the Quicksilver Pro in France and, and we're staying together and and we're sitting down the beach one day and I was like, hey, so I wasn't really paying attention too much to the, the title race and all that at that stage. But I asked him, I'm like, have you got a shot in this and, and this and that? And he's like, yeah, but I have to, to win a few events. I'm like, well, what are you going to do? And he looked at me and he's just like, I'm going to go win. And something just changed. I saw something just click in. And he won France, won Portugal, and then came within a heat from way behind um, in pipe to, to almost take the title. But we've seen over the last couple of years, I like to call it psycho mode. And it's like when you're in that mode, I feel you're untouchable. I don't feel like there's anyone in the world that can, can beat you on when you're in that focus you know to the pressure of somewhere like Lamore in the wave pool like to to turn it on when you need to that's that's just incredible have you got a a special I guess a special program that you that you do to get to that confidence state or is it something that is just you've just grown up learning to become that focused and that that powerful when it comes to uh you know those big pressure moments um yeah i love to get in the cycle mode uh sometimes it's hard to get there because we depend of the waves you know in the day sometimes you feel bad sometimes things don't go your own your way you know and you you kind of have to understand yourself you know like and losing is is really good actually that's that's where like I learn it a lot, you know. It's something that I, I grew up practicing that. And I, I think one guy that really helped me in the beginning was Jesse Menz, you know, because he was really competitive. And he used to beat me every time. And I was going home, like, every time I was going home crying because he was beating me every time, you know. So after after a lot of loss... I, I I started learning about myself, you know, and get in the cycle mode, you know, like keep calm, relax, focus, train, you know, like sleep good, wake up next day, 
have a good se a session. Um, and that's like a routine that I created for me that I feel amazing. Like I feel really good, you know, and I try to do every contest. I try to have that routine, you know, that I have at home and that's how I feel a hundred percent and that feeling untouchable, you know, like I feel a hundred percent. So I try to keep my, my routine in the vents, which it, sometimes is hard because the time difference uh, other place, you know, um, other language, other people. So, but, uh, I've been, that's, that's why I feel a hundred percent. So, uh, uh, it's one thing that I focus every time. I remember one year in Rio, um, kids have found where you were, where you were staying. I think it was the year after you won your first world title. And there was seriously a hundred kids just sitting outside your hotel room just screaming all day and all night. And I'm like, you guys want to watch this kid surf, but you're not helping him by just yelling at him all day. Like, how do you turn that that off? Like Brazilians have the, the best fans where they're just so passionate, but how do you just be able to just switch that off and like, I'm just going to go surf and, and concentrate with all that other distraction, just push that away? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. And like, every, everything that was happening was, was new for me. And I think uh, it's a good point because Brazil, I feel the, like it's the most like uncom uncomfortable place to compete, you know? I love <laughs> Brazil, f like being in Brazil and living this routine. I love my country. But to compete in Brazil is really hard for me. I never had like a a big result in Brazil, you know, because it's hard to get concentrate. I don't have my routine that I was talking about just before. So yeah, like I surf less. I try to uh, to keep you know like focus and but it's always like a lot of people. Everywhere you go, it's like a photo or a video or whatever. Everyone wants a piece of you. So it's hard to, to get in, in, the, in that focus, in the cycle mode, you know? So Brazil is the one, the, it's the one place that I want to do good one day, but uh, I, 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 I couldn't find my, my ribbon here, you know? Like I couldn't find my, 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 my place in my mind and in everything, my routine. Yeah. I had a similar thing, um, you know, the, the Gold Coast event for me, I just felt like there was so much more pressure on me just because it didn't, the contest didn't start on a certain date. You're like, you're there and people are like, oh, you're going to win this one. You're going to win this one. And, and it just starts building up and up and up and you go for your first heat and you can't even move because you've just put so much pressure on yourself because you don't want to uh, let down your fans or you let down the, the people that you you surf in front of every day. So I know that feeling. It's, it's, uh, you're not alone there, brother. I think someone else who, who feels that is like Michelle at Tahiti. He's never had a good result there. And it's like, sure. man, you, but you're so good out there. Like, why isn't it happening? And, and I think it's just that hometown pressure. It's, it's hard. Yeah, it's really hard. I don't know how you deal with it, but you, you, you did pretty good on the Gold Coast couple years <laughs> not all the time, right? <laughs> all the time. depression is always there huh? i think when you're home it's a little extra but yeah okay so uh this is more of a question for you mick and i think most people would agree you're a great judge of character and one of the objectives of this interview was to try to for us to get to know the gabriel you know and so <laughs> you've said he's a courageous generous person you gave this example of when Owen got hurt at pipe. Gabe would just spend hours with him in bed, just kind of by his side looking after him. And the reputation that Gabe has in the water and for being such a cutthroat killer, some people would, that, I think that's a real contrast to his perception that a lot of us have. Can you talk about the two different traits and if there's a correlation between that and, and being a world champ and being a winner? Yeah, look, um, the, I've got heaps of examples. You know, the Owen one was, it was, 
that was just one of hundreds. Um, Gabe's a guy that he cares for his family. You know, you, you've heard just before where he sits there and he's going to help park cars when he's six just to help out his mum. You know, I, I remember he he rang me one day and he's like, oh, do you mind if I come and stay for a week? I'm like, yeah, no worries, too easy. And I, I told my roommate and he's like, Gabe's coming to stay. Isn't he a dickhead? And I'm like, no, I'm going to ask you the same question in a week and let me know what you think. And in a week's time, he was just like, Gabe's my favorite person on earth. He's the best guy I've ever met. And um, he, I, I think people sort of see Gabe when he's in the competition mode. Um, and, you know, he's, he's there to win. He's there to, he's focused. He, he wants to just go and do his best he possibly can. But you have a look around the people and the family that he carries, you know, he's got his dad, his mom, his sister, his brother, like they're so tight knit and that comes from somewhere. Um, but I guess when it crosses over, you know, when, when Andy first come out, people hated Andy, you know, that didn't know him. People were like, Andy's an asshole. You know, it was like this good versus evil with, Andy and Kelly, even they made a movie about Andy being such a dick when it came to competition. And we're just like, I've never seen that from Andy. You know, it's like you hang with him and he'll give you the shirt off his back. And I feel like Gabe's the same. And I feel the media sort of have put this light on him as like, oh, he's he's just this cutthroat killer where he gets home and he is seriously, he will sit and talk to you. He will, um, you know, he will help you. You know, when he came and stayed in mine, you, you learn how to cook. He'd, he'd never eat vegetables or salads or stuff. So he was coming in the kitchen. He's like, what are you doing here? What are you doing there? And, um, you know, play video games. It, it, it's, I feel like even Harper loves him. <laughs> but it, yeah, I just feel like, there's a big disorientation from the the killer that goes down to the competition and then the Gabe who's so genuine and so giving at home. I, I'd love to see people sort of investigate that more before making their um making their decision on if he's good or bad. Like I mate, I love you. I reckon you're epic. <laughs> and I know a lot of people I know a lot of people have gone and, um, you know, they've, they've gone and hung out with you and they've told me about it and, and they're like, he's seriously the best guy I've ever met. He's so much fun. So, you know, I, I want to get that story out there just because I, I feel like you, you get a bad rap in the media just because that's all they get is that stone cold killer who's going to win events. And man, I'm for it. If, you, if you're not pissing people off, you're not going to be champion, are you? <laughs> yeah, thanks for the words, Mick. Uh, yeah, I mean, people, yeah, judge me a lot. You know, it's it's hard because um, competition is the the competition is one thing, and my, like the life I have outside of competition is the other thing. You know, because we're there to win. You know, like I could compete against my brother or. You know, like my best friends, I was gonna do the same. I'm there to win, and uh, I do. I'll, I'll do everything, uh, you know, in the rules to to win. And sometimes it, it's it's hard because people judge you because you you pedal too close to the other, or or you block someone in the wave. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's all in the rules. Sometimes we are too aggressive because um, we dare to win. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard. You know, I, I wish I could, I wish everyone could speak the same language. So everyone don't get like, you know, you know, like don't get wrong, like how, how people are. Um, but that's how it is. You know, like when I compete, I'm, I'm that guy. I, I'll, it's in my blood. I love to compete and I would do anything to, to win. And it's a good feeling. And outside of that, I'm just, I'm just a person, a normal guy, you know, like I'm 26, I still a kid. Uh, I still play video games, cruise with my friends and 
love traveling with them, uh, sharing stories and yeah, just being around good people. And that's how I am. <laughs> I see. I love that. I remember yeah. Bart Lynch, like you're saying about, you know, just wanting to win and competing against your brother or something like that. Bart Lynch has this famous quote. If you want to be world champion, you have to be willing to steal ice cream off your mum. Like that's, that's where it is. It's, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, uh, right. like that was the perfect epitome. Like I wouldn't steal ice cream off my mum. I don't think you would either because they'd slap us up the side of the head real quick, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel the same. I mean, yeah, fuck. We do, we do everything to win, you know, um, as I say, like the last maybe 15 years of my life, my life is being focused on that, you know, like competing, hits, um, and pressure. Like every year is the same thing, you know. I kind of, this year I was talking to my best friend. I was like, oh man, I can't wait to like, to have a year just like being a normal person, you know, like traveling around, like just getting like to know people, sharing stories and just being normal, you know, but it's, for the last 15 years of my life, it's been like only competition and, and hits. Mm. But I love yeah, it. It's, it's okay. It, it's hard. <laughs> you, you, I've been in that same situation. Like, oh, I just want to have a real fun year. And then you see your contest singlet and it's like, I'm not having a fun year. I'm just going to war. You know, that's it. <laughs> so war, it's, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. Like it's hard to uh, hard. to turn that off. But, you know, reiterating like, the, the, the game I know away from competition is seriously one of the, the best kids you'll ever meet. And, um, yeah, I think people sort of, yeah, a bit too quick to judge. judge. So, uh, yeah, maybe do some investigation yeah. before you start throwing these things out. <laughs> yeah. So I'd like, to, I'd like to dive into, so like you, the last 15 years you've been, all you wanted to do is win and be number one. So what has been your great motivator because Mick and I interviewed John about 10 days ago and John was sort of saying one of his big motivators is you and what you're up to is your motivator John what is what's behind your drive <laughs> yeah what motivates me is actually first first of all my family because just because everything we've been through together and my stepdad is a uh, amazing guy i love him so much and my mom too they they did everything uh for me to be a professional surfer that's uh, what i wanted to to be when i was uh nine my dad came and asked me like oh what you, you, what do you want to be you know like what do you want to do for for life you know i know you're young but what you like surfing i was like yeah i want to be a surfer you know i want to be a professional surfer that's what i want I love like surfing and since that they did everything that they could, you know, for me to reach my, 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 my goal in life. And after that, uh, yeah, for sure it's John. Uh, I love to compete <laughs> with him. Uh, he makes everything excited, you know, because he's a great surfer. Um, uh, he com he's competing really good. He he's tough, you know, um, and he can surf every every condition, which makes his make makes things hard, you know. Um, and yeah, every time that I go with him for for a heat, um, so like normally I put a hundred percent, a hundred and ten or a hundred twenty in in a normal heat. With him, I put like two hundred because it's like <laughs> every every heat's a world title for me. Is, is you talk about like those sort of motivations um, some people have motivations of am I going to break records you know Kelly's 11 world titles he has 55 wins I think um, you know he's the oldest person to ever win an event he's the oldest person to youngest and oldest ever to win a, a world title like do those numbers playing to your world or it's just like, nah, I'm just going to win this heat at this time. No, I don't think about that. I just want to just, just let it be, you know, like 
my my biggest goal is be three times world champion because all the people that uh, I was to watch and get inspiring as you, uh, they they were like three times world champion. So that's what I'm looking for today. That's my biggest goal. Uh, after that, I'll, I'll, I don't know. I have, I, it's hard to say, like, I'm not gonna think about another world title, you know. I don't know when it's gonna happen, this third title, but, uh, like, with everything that I've been do doing in my life, like, believing and have the faith that it's gonna happen, uh, I believe my third title is gonna come, but I don't know when, you know, like, but, uh, after that, I'll, I'll just, live day by day, you know, just let it be. And of course, focus on winning hits, you know, so maybe another title or, or so. So I don't know, it's it's hard to say, but my main focus is on my third title. A question for you, Mick, who do you think is going to get the uh, most world titles out of Gabe and John? I think it's, a, yeah, it's, it's a tough one, but I, as a, as a, you know, I've done interviews in the past where, you know, people have asked me who's been the best competitor I've ever surfed against. And, you know, I got to surf against the greatest, like Kelly, uh, Andy the King, uh, Parker Taj. I've surfed against John and Gabe. And I feel Gabe is the, the greatest surfer I've ever competed against. He has so many weapons. He has so many different ways to win. And his focus is, is second to none. Um, so in saying all that, I feel Gabe will probably be the guy who, who wins more. Um, but there's going to be some incredible battles that I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for. So get this tour going. Let's get it going. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm excited. I mean... I love this, you know, like it's it's in our, our blood, blood, you know, like to compete and win hits. And yeah, if it depends on me, uh, I'll keep it, it, it interesting. <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah. Wiretaps. Hi, Gabby. I am Pablo from Spain. And I want to ask you why you ride bigger boards than other city competitors and what that helps you with. So actually... I don't I don't understand about anything of my boards. I know it's like five eleven. <laughs> I know. I I wish I could understand more. But like this last couple, maybe like the last two years, I've been trying to get into it. You know, like thickness and size and whatever. But um, my shaper and my dad used to talk a lot. And today I, I use like thick boards really thick boards and and it's like thicker than the others for sure like me and Jordy Jordy is taller than me I use the same as Jordy almost I could I could ride Jordy's board um but like I don't know I may, my but my shaper knows really good he's good <laughs> what what do you think of his boards Mick um I've I've rode one we we swapped out one day and yeah, they're, they're very bulby um, and they've got plenty of just momentum, but they're really forgiving. I was really surprised, like we were surfing the smallest little wave and just in that last sort of, um, I guess the last kick of the, where you hit the lip or whatever, they would just pop. And I was like, I might steal this board so I can learn how to do airs because this has got way more pop than what my <laughs> boards have. And, um, but then there was other other areas where I was just like, oh, is it working or it's not? But um, I think people don't realize how big of a kid Gabe is too. Um, you know, you, you get around him, he's solid. So he needs that extra foam. Like, what are you weighing in at now? Like, you must be like 85. Well, my weight? Uh... Kilos? 80. Mm. 80. Sure. I'm 80. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and I was, after, after holidays, I was 84. Now I'm 80. I'm nice. back. You're back. <laughs> <laughs>
wiretaps. Hello, Gabby. Hello, Mick. I'm Gabriel from Andorra. It's a small country between Spain and France. My question is, well, for both, maybe a little bit more for Gabby. You obviously are like a really hard worker and an extremely good competitor, that's for sure. And also we can see you through social media and stuff, like you party quite a lot. <laughs> so my question here is like, where is the that balance between partying and performing at the highest level that you're doing right now? Life is life is fun, man. It's a party, actually. <laughs> <laughs> There's the balance. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the same. It's, it's like, I think people look at us as athletes and I was having a conversation with someone, you know, just the other day and it's like, you work so hard through an event and win or lose you've just got to let off some steam and that's just in our world you know we're in the best places in the world why not go have a beer down the street why not go and have a party like it's so fun and you know you're young go live it up yeah. so but i think there's a i i was at fault when i was when i first got onto it i'd party before i competed and then i realized that that wasn't working so then i competed first and then partied after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. Actually, we had a conversation in Fiji, me and you, but we kind of drunk. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's uh, it's <laughs> it, that was something that I, I I remember, you know, because you're you're telling me like, Gabe, uh, because after I I lost a hit, you're like talking to me and and you're like, oh, don't don't put too much pressure on you you know just do it for fun uh that's how you you've been getting success in your life you know and enjoying what you're doing and um and the, the and and then he, and then you say and after the contest um do it you know like you have a beer or two with your friends it's good for you you know it's gonna be good for you because we live like Every day for us is too much pressure. Wiretaps. Hi, this is Pedro from Curitiba, Brazil. I have a question for Medina. You being known as an ice cold competitor, a surfing winning machine, you think you're gonna have an advantage in this new style WSL is putting up, which you have uh, surf offs, kind of like a Super Bowl style? So, I, I. I heard about the the new format they, they, they're gonna do, the best I was gonna do, but I didn't get into it, you know, so I need to read a little bit more about it to understand. But uh yeah, I heard the surf offs. I think I think I think it's cool. I mean uh thinking about this last couple of years, you know, that I, I've been fighting for the title and I've been being the, the top three guys, you know. Uh, it gives me a good opportunity to win a title, for sure, you know. Um, and for being how I am, you know, like cold and calm and how I, I deal with with pressure, I think it would be really good for me. Um, I think it's a good format. Yeah, okay. I think it's, it sort of falls right into Gabe's wheelhouse. Um, if that's the way they're going to go. Um, and it, it's, it's, uh, it's sort of a tricky one. There's so many questions around the new format. Um, you know, I, it, I guess do, do guys that say if you have like a breakout year and you easily won the world title, like, do you go and surf pipe and risk yourself of getting injured? Like, is that, or do you just throw a heat waiting for this special day? Like, I think there's there's all these different scenarios that the WCL might have to look at. Um, but in the actual just heat for heat, um, guys going against each other, I think this falls right into Gabe's wheelhouse. And I'm thinking, you know, most of the time he's going to win these things. And that's that must be scary for his other competitors. I have one question for you, Mick. So I think most people agree that this, with uh, with Gabe's ability to deal with pressure, that this this falls into his lap as being 
yeah, it's the most advantageous for him. If you had to pick a wave in the world where Gabe was weakest, where would it be to have this have this event? Um, well, the, probably the only place that hasn't won it is Bells or Brazil. So, but it's not that he's weak there. <laughs> it's just that he hasn't won there. So, yeah, that's. I'll take him to Bells <laughs> personally. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> how, how come you haven't won Bells, Gabe? Oh man, Bells is hard. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mick knows how to win there. Um, it's just a hard wave to read, you know. Um, it's get it's hard to get in the rhythm with that wave, you know, to pick the right waves. I need to spend a little bit of time there you know it's a, a place that uh i'm looking forward to spend time and learn more about it maybe talk a little more with mick wiretaps hey my name is natalie and i'm from california my question for gabriel is how much influence do you think the incident with kiowa belly had on your world title in 2019 yeah that was um a bad situation um that was like uh I hit that I, if I could go back, you know, and do everything, uh, all like all over again, uh, yeah, like I was, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna do a lot, a lot of things different. Um, but yeah, that that he was uh, a special one, you know. That that he is the one that make difference in the in the end, you know, which it which it, it, it happened, you know, like I could go to pipe and maybe like needed like three hits you know uh but it's it's part of the game you know that's why we're here that for you know um we're always learning and i'm sure like this this situation was really bad for me but uh i, I i'm gonna take the best of it you know because we cannot go back so i'm sure like the next um in the next situation that I'm gonna have like um similar to this, I'm gonna take uh, things different, you know, so it helped me to be a, a good competitor. What were you thinking when you saw it, Mick? Um, I actually woke up to it um and I had like people just blowing up my phone and going, "Did you see that? Did you see that? What's going on?" And I was like. Oh, uh, hang on, <laughs> let me watch. And I watched it and I was like, why didn't you just look at the priority disc? And I just thought, oh no, like it was, it was a mistake. That, that's what it was. And I think um, you try and just figure out like, was I right, was I wrong? And, and it, it was just something that um, it, you've just got to take for what it is. It was a mistake and you've just got to go, okay, that will never happen again. Um, so yeah, look, I I think it sort of it did obviously open the door for um, it did open the door for Italo, but it's not the first time this has happened. Tom Carroll did it, you know, in the Pipe Masters to win the world title. Like it does happen. We have brain fades. We're not always just ticking ticking every box perfectly. So um, it, it's just. It is what it is. I, I, I hope that Gabe can just let it go and see it for what it was. It was just a mistake and just, just move on. Um, and, you know, I, I think the way that he dealt with that and then went into pipe was just, it just shows the, the mind strength of, of what he had and, um, you know, to be able to go into pipe and almost win. Like, it, he was 30 minutes away from another world title. Like, it, it, it's crazy. Even with having such a mess up like that like that would have derailed anyone else anyone else confirm or deny ripco is working on a collab range of submersible clothing uh signature collection with charlie so he can wear it in the water during your heats game the background of this is like every time Gabe wins, Charlie jumps in the ocean. And I, I kept texting Gabe, I'm like, please put Charlie in some new clothes because he's going to catch a cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. I don't know why he does that. He just 
love it doing it. He, he loves it. So good. I'm going to confirm and, they're coming and, up and, with a, a waterproof <laughs> range just for Charlie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they should do that. It's a good one. And J-Bait last year was cold. It looks so cold. It was freezing. And he jumped in the water. <laughs> He's what a <great>. legend. <laughs> what a legend. Legend, yeah. <laughs> confirm or deny. Julian Wilson will not win a world title while Gabe is on tour. I love Julian. He's he's really uh, he's a great surfer and he's really creative. You know, he loves to compete as well. Um, I think before John, Julian is like. I feel like uh, Julian is he has the same feeling as me. You know, like he he loves to win. He's there to win. You know, and he's super competitive, which. He, like every heat that we had was was sick, you know, like I, I knew he was there to win. So it gives me more motivation and excited to to do my best, you know, and uh, I don't know about that. Actually, Junior is really good, you know, uh, he can win a title and he's uh, he has a lot of uh, experience. He has the surf to win. And I'm a big fan of him, you know, so I believe he can win a title. But can he win a title when you're on tour? He'll have to. Yeah, like, so... <laughs> He's older. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I would, I would do everything to, it, it, like, to not happen, you know? So now just that Julian competes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Mick, so confirm what an eye from you. Um, oh, look, I, I believe in Julian's ability um, to, to compete with Gabe. I think, as Gabe said, before John became a competitor, um, Julian was the one guy who would ruffle Gabe's feathers. He was the one who wasn't scared to get in a paddle battle with Gabe, wasn't scared to get in his face. Um, and vice versa, they would just go at it. You know, there's, there's heats at, you know, the Chopu final, um, Portugal final, France final. And they really like each other. But when it comes to the water, they both want to win so much. So I believe that in that competitiveness in Julian that he can win a world title. Um, it's, yeah, it's just... It's just, it, there's so much more that goes into winning a world title than just one person. Like, normally the guy that you're actually going against, you don't even get to surf against. And, you know, he came real close in 2018 um, within a heat. Um, so he does have the ability to do it. So, um, yeah, look, I'd love to see him win one. Gabe probably doesn't while he's on tour, but... <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll say he can win one. I know, I know he can win one. Confirm or deny. There are only two people in the world who like the Lamore Open, and that is, they are the WSL CEO, Eric Logan, and Gabriel Medina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually love that wave. It's fun. I don't know why the guys don't like it. <laughs> I, think that, I think they actually like surfing it. But to compete there, I don't think they can deal with the pressure. Um, and as a fan yeah. watching at home, I only watch the finals of it anyway, but it, it sort of gets a bit boring. But yeah, I, uh, I'll deny that because I think Lakey Peterson likes that one too. There's three people. Okay, and how about yeah. you, Gabe? <laughs> Are you going to confirm or deny? Uh, yeah, I love Surf That Wave. I mean... <laughs> Uh, I, it, actually, I, I was gonna give WSL a uh, uh, option to do the the secret the, the the next events there, you know. So there's no Corona, <laughs> just us. We can have World Title seven events. Perfect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. No, Dude, but I that event. Yeah, you crush it too. Uh, well. Uh, that's we're at the end boys so i got through everything i want to get to i really appreciate your time I mick do you have any more questions you have for gabe or vice versa gabe you have any questions for mick 
I don't know. I think I spent all my English in this interview. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> it was epic. It was really good. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That was fun. Yeah. Um, I guess one last question is: um, Have you had any any talk with the WSL when they might want to start? Like, that's not in the media. Are they keeping you guys updated or not really? You're just you're just sitting here, just like the rest of the world, just sitting and waiting. So actually, Eric uh, gave me a call uh, maybe a week ago, and he was talking on me about me. Uh, he was talking to me about the new format and what they thinking about it, uh, about doing events this year, and they're gonna try to do seven events. You know, like. Uh, but they're gonna see how the world is, yeah. like after July, I think, and they're gonna try to do seven events. That's what they want to do. But uh, we kind of have to wait and see, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, hard times. I don't know. What, what I've been living like every day, like day by day, like with with no like goal, like with with nothing, just like you know, just living, and it's weird. <laughs> so I don't know. So you want to get back on tour? <laughs> I went back on tour, traveling, winning hits, losing hits, you know, seeing all the boys. I kind of miss that. And yeah, just back to work. Awesome, mate. Well, good luck whenever you start again. And um, mate, thanks for that. Thanks for opening up. And um, yeah, I hope people get a lot of out, out about who Gabe Medina is without the jersey. Oh, thank you, guys. That was, that was fun. Thanks, Mick. Thanks, Sam. Um, Thank you. We love yeah, the time. Yeah, hopefully to catch up soon. For sure, brother. You take care. Yeah. Say hello to the family. Mm-hmm.